Welcome to Exploring Possibilities, a show where we interview a variety of holistic professionals and light workers who are really making a bigger difference in our world. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz, and it was my purpose in creating this show to introduce you to the incredible people that I'm meeting on my own journey. You'll hear their stories because their stories really are our stories. We'll explore the vast realm of holistic healing and learn how we can co-create holistic sustainability. There's a lot of possibilities out there we don't often hear about, so this is a way we can learn and grow together on this path. Don't hesitate to reach out and connect with anybody you might hear who resonates for you, because we've got a lot of great guests. Special thanks to Mario Rosales of Tech Life Balance. He does a lot of hard work behind the scenes producing these and publishing our podcasts, as well as on our Journey of Possibilities website. He really helps me use technology to make a bigger difference, so I appreciate it very much. Today's guest is Rob Greenfield, and he's with the Greenfield Group, which is a nonprofit that we'll talk about in a bit, but his website is Rob Greenfield, that's R-O-B-G-R-E-E-N-F-I-E-L-D dot TV. And Rob is in the process of cycling across the U.S. He does fabulous things to raise awareness about sustainability for our bodies, for our planet. And I'm very excited that you took a break from your cycling to be with us, Rob. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> Good. How's it? How's the trip going? Where are you at right now? Well, everything's going well. I am in a small I'm in the bayous of Louisiana, actually. <laughs> um, I can't think of the name, but it's Cameron Parish, right along the Gulf Coast, just maybe about an hour and a half, now about two and a half hours from New Orleans, southwest. Fabulous. And you started, I, I, I kind of jumped into the middle there. Tell everybody where you started. I started in San Diego uh, about a month ago. And uh, it's actually amazing because I'm all the way over here in Louisiana, bikes through the great state of Texas and part of New Mexico and the whole state of Arizona and basically all of California, and all on a bicycle. And to me, it's just amazing when I look back and think, wow, the bicycle sure can get you some places. I know people that won't cycle across town to go to work, so that is really incredible. So catch us up a little bit. Why are you doing You've done this before, right? Yeah, I biked across the country last summer. Um, that trip was basically to inspire people in America to live more sustainably. Um, and this trip is it's basically just uh, be a good influence and and uh, help people to live in a manner that's good for the earth, good for our communities, and, and good for ourselves. And two of the things I focus on the most are growing your own food, um, just helping people with starting up their own little backyard or front yard garden, helping create community gardens, and then just planting wild food across the country. And then... Um, Secondly, bicycles, uh, just helping get people on bicycles, inspire them to start riding and spend less time in their cars. And um, so that's basically what this tour is about. Well, you absolutely walk the talk or pedal the talk, as it were. I, I think <laughs> it's fantastic. I really do. And as our listeners might know by now, 
this podcast originates from Texas and we interview people from all over the place. And I connected with Rob on Facebook and I started to see some of the posts and I saw where you went 365 days without a shower. And I went and read that article and went, wow, I got to talk to this guy because you didn't do it just to be crazy and for a stun and to get publicity. You did it to get people's attention about how much water we waste and the things that you're doing. They may be too extreme for some people, but what a great way to get everybody to wake up. I mean, you are a big wake up call. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. Occasionally I get comments about people saying, Things like, you know, you mentioned publicity stunt. People saying, "Oh, he's just looking for his 15 minutes of fame." And I'm like, "Oh, if you only knew what I do every single day and every week and every month to inspire people and to wake people up. This has this is definitely not a publicity stunt. This is my daily life. <laughs> you are the publicity stunt, right? Every day. Yeah. Well, I well, know that um, Gandhi, Gandhi. One of my favorite quotes by Gandhi is, "He said, my life is my message.'" And that's the way that I feel that is the best way to make positive change is to lead by example and live it out loud. And so that's exactly what I'm doing. And you must meet a lot of interesting people, too, because you are an interesting person living a very full and I, my, my message is make a bigger difference. And you are making a huge difference. You live life to the fullest. So you must cross paths with some pretty fascinating folks. Yeah. Well, I'm actually, yeah, I'm staying in this small, in this little homestead in Louisiana. Uh, last night I was in the middle of a huge thunderstorm. Lightning, lightning was crashing down wow. just a mile away <laughs> from me. And uh, I went on this website, warmshowers.org, which is a network of cyclists who host cyclists, kind of like couch surfing. And she said, where are you? I said, you know, 20 miles west, I can bike there. And she said, I'll be there. I'm getting in my truck right now. I'll pick you up. I got here. Uh, You know, she prepared me some dinner right away, made me a bed. I'm staying here. Um, She's been just showing me the whole land. They live here basically without hardly any money, mostly off the land. Beautiful life and just the warmest people. And it worked out perfectly because in three days, I'm actually doing a TV show on discovery and I have to survive in the bayous of Louisiana for almost two weeks foraging completely from my own for my own food so I'm right here on this homestead and she's just teaching me all the plants you can eat and how to build shelters and everything so it's working out perfectly wow you know the quote that comes to mind on that is when the student's ready the teacher appears it's almost everything's instantaneous these days you ask the universe and you get your lesson so that is fabulous. So you're going to do that. Have you done that much of that before? Just living off the land? What can I eat? What can I not? Is that a common thing for you? No. No, not really. Now, uh, I would kind of consider myself an urban survivalist. So my, <laughs> one of my biggest specialties is looking, you know, being in the city, finding sources of waste and using those. And so Uh, Starting my trip last year, I actually realized one morning that I could walk out my door with just shorts and a T-shirt and not only survive but thrive in this world, and mostly because of the amount of waste there is. Um, Everything, food being the main one, there's just so much. We we throw away $165 billion worth of food a year, 
or about 50% of the food we produce in America. And so, yeah, I I practice survivalism on a daily basis just simply by throwing myself out in the world. But as far as hopping into the Louisiana bayous and, like, really fending off (laughs) against the mosquitoes and the gators and build my own shelter, I've never done anything quite like that. Wow. Yeah, that's that's big. Well, I want to back up because I come from the city where a lot of that waste happens. And you've ridden through Texas and I love Texas. We have so much to offer here, but we are also not leading the country or the world when it comes to our environmental awareness. So I'm sure you realize that as you rode through here and we don't have cycle-friendly policies in a lot of our areas, a lot of our largely populated areas. You can take your life in your own hands, even climbing on a bicycle, and I hope that's changing. We do not have really good recycling here, and I hope that's changing. I live in an area outside of a major city, and I have to drive all my recycling for an hour to to recycle. So it's kind of crazy, but you know, I hope that that's radical enough that somebody will ask and somebody else will recycle and we'll, we'll get a movement going here. That that's how it starts. (laughs) So tell me about, it is pretty nuts. I understand the recycling is, you know, it's energy intensive. The key really is to to reduce the amount of stuff you have to recycle in the first place by buying unpackaged goods, growing your own food, things like that. Um, And I think the main reason that we aren't recycling in America is because it costs money, but it just comes down to the society realizing that money is not the only thing that matters. Health, happiness, freedom, all these things matter more than money. And when the government makes a decision, it shouldn't solely be based off of current, you know, money. Yeah, I agree. So tell me, I want to backtrack. I don't want to lose this thought. You were talking about living off of the waste of food. Are you dumpster diving and digging food out and putting it in your mouth? Because that doesn't seem very healthy. How are you doing that? Tell me what that looks like, really. Well, you're actually completely wrong. There's nothing unhealthy about diving into a dumpster. Really? So when I say we throw away $165 billion, with a B, dollars worth of food per year, I'm not talking about your, you know, kitchen scraps or anything. I am talking about you can get anything that you buy on the shelves of the grocery store for free out of the dumpster. It's to the point, so basically last year on my bike trip across America, 70% of my diet, over 4,700 miles of riding, was from dumpsters. And I ate about 280 pounds of food from dumpsters in that uh, three and a half months. And it got to the point where I could wake up in the morning and say, today I feel like carrots and apples. And I would go and find myself carrots and apples from the dumpsters. There's so much food in there that I can literally be picky. And when I say picky, I have to pick through the other stuff to get to the stuff that I want because there's so much perfectly good food in our dumpsters. I'm I'm kind of speechless. I um <laughs> and that's why I didn't research a whole lot about you. I saw some of this stuff and thought, you know, I don't want to know the answers till I talk to him because I want to represent what most listeners would feel when they hear what he has to say. So I think that my silence might reflect what others would feel yeah. if they heard you say that. So let's just go ahead and and, and go through that. It's it's we've all been taught and I would 
kind of think if I'm going to dig through coffee grounds and baby's diapers and stuff to get to food, that it's probably not something I want to put in my mouth because it's going to have bacteria and be unhealthy. So are you, where are you finding clean dumpsters or am I missing something here? Well, the key is, so whatever you want to eat, go to the places that serve that and look in their dumpsters. So I like to eat fruits and vegetables. I I have a plant-based diet, which means I basically eat plants and I don't eat animals or animal products, really. Okay. So I go to the grocery store. That's where I buy, that's where I would buy my fruits and vegetables. And I go to the grocery store and I open up those dumpsters and, you know, um, so, for example, I went dumpster diving at a sprout in Phoenix, Arizona, with uh, a person that I had just met there that day on this bike trip. And we found blackberries, raspberries, blueberries, watermelon, uh, uh, green peppers, red peppers, uh, pistachios, sesame wow. sticks, trail mix, uh, milk, eggplants. Um, apples, oranges, bananas, uh, peas, broccoli, you, like that's half of the things we found. And that was in one hour. I, there was so much food in these dumpsters that I was just like sitting in there, pulling it out, looking at what was there. We took home about a hundred pounds of food and it was probably about $250 for the food. And that was about a hundredth of what was in there. So there was, we're talking about, I mean, there was... And it was still good. There was nothing wrong with it. Oh, oh no, no. Yeah, perfectly good. If I, so I did, a, I did a, a thing in San Diego called 21 Gourmet Dumpster Meals. So for <laughs> one week in San Diego, I lived 100% on food from dumpsters. And I hosted a dinner that I invited people from the news, from Reddit, from Facebook. About 30 people showed up. Not a single one of them would have ever guessed it was dumpster food. It was just perfectly good, delicious food. And the idea of that documentary was to show that I could eat more delicious and nutritious out of the dumpsters than most Americans are off the shelves of the grocery store. So I just highly encourage anybody that wants to see what's in the dumpsters, you don't even have to go dumpster diving. Just go to the grocery store and lift up the lid. See right. what's in there. And you'll find some food. And if you if you want, grab some and take it home with you. <laughs> and I want to interject here because I've, I've talked to a couple of people about this interview. I've really been looking forward to this interview with you. And I've talked to a couple of people about it. And they're like, you know, Cheryl, we're not going to go a year without a shower. Or we're probably not getting our groceries out of the dumpster. And I said, you know what? Don't miss the point here. We're not here to tell everybody yep. to go get all their groceries out of the dumpster or to go a year without a shower. You make a beautiful point that if you can live that far on the edge, what little changes could we make every day, and how much would that add up? Exactly. And most every project I do, at the end, I say, here are the things that you can do. So, for example, I went an entire year without taking a shower, and it's still going. It's probably 15 months now. I may never shower again. We'll see. (laughs) But... I said right at the end of that story that I wrote in Huffington Post, here's six things you can do to save water. You can flush the toilet less often. You can take shorter showers. 
Uh, you can shut off the faucet when you're not using it, say when you're brushing your teeth or washing your hands. Um, there's all sorts that you can, you can simply uh, put a brick in your toilet to displace some water so that you use that much water, less water each time. You can put a water-efficient shower head on or faucet head for your bathroom or your kitchen sink. So these are all simple, easy things, and that's the focus. The idea is that I do these crazy stunts to draw into attention to important things that, you know, we should pay attention to, and then I give real simple things that we can all do. And uh, there's still some people who don't get it, and I think part of that is that they really want to overlook the true message so that they don't have to make change yeah. and they don't have to think about it. But really, if anybody out there pays any attention to what I do, remember, it's, what I'm doing is crazy, yes, but we can all make simple changes that have a positive impact on ourselves, our community, and the earth. So you said your focus this trip is a bit more on growing our own food. And I've seen more of that pop up on Facebook where people are sharing stories about turn your, your lawn that you have to mow all the time into something that actually grows, something you can eat. So yep. some of us don't have the greenest thumbs. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm working on that, but, you know, it's kind of iffy. I'm not sure. I would lo- definitely lose weight if I had to rely on growing all my own food because I got a long way to go in that learning curve. I'm not so unusual in that in the United States. I'm one of those kids that grew up in the city. And, yeah, we had a garden, but it was more for recreation, and most of our food came from somewhere else. Where do you start when it feels so overwhelming to get into that? Well, first thing is remember um, that it's okay that you're not anywhere near where you'd like to be. It's simply, and this is where I started too, three years ago. Well, you know, take it five years ago, I was a binge-drinking, resource-consuming, partying college student, and that's you know, my weekends are based around talking to girls and my weekdays are based around going to the library and talking to girls. <laughs> and I didn't pay attention to any of this stuff. Three years ago, I decided that I wanted to start living a life that didn't cause destruction around me. I wanted my life to be positive rather than causing harm to people overseas, people in my own country, the animals, the environment. So I just started to pay attention to my surroundings learn how my actions affect the world, both near and far. And then the idea was to take baby steps. So I made a list of things that I'd like to change. And each week I made a simple adaptation. So one week it might have been that I started to eat more fruits and vegetables. Another week uh, it might have been to put water-efficient shower heads on or uh, LED or CFL bulbs to conserve electricity. Um, another week it might have been to start riding my bike more and driving my car less. And so I just did little things each week which put me into a positive forward momentum. It made me feel good. I started to feel healthier and healthier, and it just started to feel good. And then things became easier First, I started with the things that were a little bit more exciting, things that I actually wanted to do, and then it became easier to get into the more challenging things. And then at the same time, I would occasionally take a giant leap. Um, So, for example, after a while, I sold my car and bought myself a a really nice bicycle and went fully pedal-powered. Now, that was a huge leap. It took a lot of contemplation for me. But once I did it, 
I realized, oh, wow, I'm still alive. <laughs> and it turns out I don't need a car after all. And it turns out I, I like my life a lot more now without it. So that's really what it's about, taking small steps. Don't beat yourself up. Don't live a life of guilt. Whatever you've done is, is done. It's not going to benefit you to be feeling bad about it. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, I think the question was kind of about growing your own food. So same thing, plant one thing, plant a tomato plant, plant some basil, uh, maybe some lettuce or some kale. Those are some easy things and just do one thing. Another thing you can do is you can join a community garden. Um, cause those are great places where you, you have other people that are into it who can help you out, give you advice and just be a positive surroundings for you to help move you along. Great advice and great strategies on how to create new habits that are good. You're right. It's one step at a time. I want to ask you, yeah. you kind of alluded to the fact that you were on one track and it was obviously very different than the one you're on now. Um, most people go through change like that because of some catalyst. Did something radical happen in your life that shifted you so much or what took you from one pathway to another? Yeah, you know, I hear most people have some sort of radical reason, something extreme that shifted their life into another direction. It could be something like cancer, realizing that they're unhealthy so they have to change their diet or huge bills or something like that. But I don't have anything like that. There was no one day where it happened. Um, it really just came down to just a slow awakening of realizing that here in America, most of our actions have been monetized and most of our actions are causing some sort of destruction. And I just didn't want to live that way anymore. I didn't want to be dependent upon a system that doesn't serve our best needs. And rather than serving us, the people of America, I was actually um, mostly just serving a very select group of, of Americans, making them richer while other people were being hurt. And I just said to myself, I'm not going to do that. That's not fair to anybody. And um, so for me, it start, I started to watch a lot of documentaries, read some books, um, a lot of stuff on the Internet, and I just would learn more and learn more and more and continue down that path. So right. it was no one big thing. It was a matter of wanting to be healthier, wanting to be happier, and wanting to live a life of freedom. Well, and as you mentioned, everything that we do here has consequences not only here, but around the world and a lot more in other parts of the world. So I'm glad that you referenced that as well. You talk about being happy, and I want to go back to something that I saw on Facebook following you and actually interacted with you on this. You had some struggles when you were going through Texas, and it was beautiful to watch you turn the challenge into breaking a new personal record or setting a new personal record for yourself. And then when I spoke to you later, you were actually happy. It was like most people would get a setback like that and get discouraged or frustrated or angry or whatever. You actually seemed happy throughout the whole thing. You want to tell me about that? Yeah. Well, the way I figure it is if you're being challenged, it means you're alive. And there's no way around it. Life is a beautiful thing. I think we're all blessed to be here. And uh, there's going to be highs and there's going to be lows. But 
there is not a chance that the highs would exist without the lows. There's got to be a comparison. If you just lived a monotone, stagnant life, uh, you wouldn't have happiness or sadness. So the thing is, when I realized um, that sadness is actually a part of happiness, sadness actually now makes me happy because, uh, because I realized that I gained strength from it. That's where I get a lot of my best lessons out of. And so a lot of times now these challenges or the feelings of depression actually excite me because I know I'm alive and I know I'm going to come out of it with a new understanding, uh, possibly feeling better than ever before. And it just, and again, the highs, the great highs, they wouldn't be anything without the great lows. You also cycle around with a strong sense of community. You know, I hear a lot of talk and I'm living it myself. We are going back to a more communal way of living. Thank God. And you, you kind of rely on that community sense, whether it's the cycling community, your group that follows you and what you do that you interact with around the country. You really reach out well and say, hey, I need this or who knows that. And you do well in community. Is that something you've always done or something you're getting better at from from traveling this journey that you're on? Yeah, definitely getting better. I was actually just thinking about it yesterday because I used to have a desire to control things. I used to have a desire to own things. And as I was biking through Louisiana yesterday, I was thinking about how I used to, I would have idolized someone who owned property all over the country and really respected that. But now I've realized there's no need to own anything when you're a friend to all, all are a friend to you, and there's no need to own. And so I realized that a lot of that is a sense of, uh, trying to control, or a lot of it can be an insecurity that you you need to create security. But the thing is, security is out there when you just let things be and go with the flow. And so the more I've learned that, the more it's just communities everywhere. And when, when you use, uh, kind of use goodness as a currency, People doing good things for each other can make the world go around. And money's not really needed when you can just be nice to each other and help everybody out. Because if we all helped each other, we'd be all right. True. You got a lot of wisdom <laughs> from this journey that you're on. That's possible. <laughs> So tell me what's what's ahead for you besides the rest of the U.S. Where are you? Where is your destination? What are you doing along the way? Tell me about this adventure. So the actually the original idea of this trip is I uh, am starting a social network. It's called Goodfluence. Um, it, it's going to be an app that will be downloadable pretty soon here. And the whole idea, Goodfluence, is a place to do good and influence other people to do good too. Um, so it's a place for activists, people who care about a cause, to lead by example, and in doing so, help other people to uh, do so as well. And so that was supposed to be done on June 1st, and I was supposed to be leading by example, biking across the country, getting people to use this social networking app. Well, it hasn't been finished yet. And so at some point, it'll be done on this trip, and that's kind of the idea. 
Um, the website for that's goodfluence.com. So anybody who's listening can check that out. But it's uh, it's basically an app where you do something good, upload a, vo- a photo of yourself doing it, and then the platform allows for other people to do it as well. And then it goes into a thread of people who did your good fluence. So at the end of the day, you might have picked up one piece of trash, but you'll have you'll be able to see 20 other people picked up a piece of trash too simply by you doing it. So it's a news feed that will be full of good stuff, all positivity. And, uh, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're like, I want to do something good today. Well, go to Good Twins. There's a news feed full of good stuff you can do. So I'll be promoting that. Um, I've got this TV show that I'm doing here in New Orleans. So I'll be surviving in the bayous for about uh, 10 to 14 days. Um, and then after that, I'll take a train up to Wisconsin and bike from Wisconsin to New York and uh, just meeting beautiful people and living uh, living a good life. That's great. I'm so glad that you're starting Good Fluence. You know, I've I've spent some years in the media, and one thing that I know is that the media tends to put more negative in, information out there than positive most of the time. So anybody that wants to start something positive that can motivate other people to do positive things and see the good in the world, I'm all about that. So thank you for doing that. We need that stuff. My pleasure. And hopefully it'll be really successful. I think it will be once, uh, once we get it launched in the next couple of weeks. Great. We'll be looking for that, goodfluence.com. And tell me about the Greenfield Group. You said that's a nonprofit organization that you work... Tell me a little what you guys do. Well, it's actually not a nonprofit. It's a business. Oh, okay. It might as well be a nonprofit (laughs) because what we do is all the money we make goes towards uh, environmental activism campaigns and donating it it to nonprofits that are making the world a happier, healthier place. So whatever the, uh, the exact tax idea of it is, it does the same thing as a nonprofit. But, uh, so it's my marketing company, and what we do is we do online marketing for, such as search engine optimization, social media management, website design, and we do that simply for companies and nonprofits that are doing their part to make the world a happier, healthier place. Now, what we don't do is we won't take on greenwashing companies that are just kind of doing that on the side or pretending to. How, How we decide if we'll take on a client is, if I would do marketing for this company for free, which means I believe in it and it's a message I want to see in the world, then we will take them on as a client. Um, and a lot of the work we do is for free for nonprofits, and then we have some paid clients as well. And uh, so I have uh, a manager, my buddy Sean, who runs that company. Um, he's back in San Diego, and um, after a couple of years of running it, I don't have to do a whole lot, which gives me time to do my environmental activism campaigns and adventures. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing about that. It sounds great. And that's the greenfieldgroup.org for anyone that's interested in that. Yep. And well, then lastly, we actually just switched to a gift-based economy, which is something I'm new to. But that means we don't have pricing and you don't actually have to pay if you don't want to. Um, So, like I say, we do a lot of our work for free. But in the gift-based economy, you can choose to pay with money or you can choose via paying with something else, maybe your own services. 
um, or you can not pay at all because it's a gift. And so what we do is we give an idea of what this would cost, and people can decide what they want to pay. And I really like doing things that way. Uh, it's uh, it's just a new, it's a great way of, I guess I say it's kind of a new way of operating business, but it's really a new old way. And it makes for, in my opinion, just a much more connected uh transaction between between people I find that a lot of times money can make things a little less personal and so this way it's just it's just more friend-like okay well I want to bounce something off of you because I work with clients who often give it give too much away and they're not sustainable in their practice um yeah so how does that play up against what you just described because obviously if you just kept giving it all away and didn't receive value for what you're doing you wouldn't be able to operate for long would you no and it depends on what type of business you're doing if you have a tangible product that costs a lot of money and you're giving it away then you're losing money every time you do that or you're spending money each time that you do that if you have a service like let's say you're um let's say you do massage or let's say Let's yeah. Let's say you do massage, then the and and if the only thing that it's costing you is your time, and you have a business that has very low expenses, which is one of the keys I think to running a sustainable and successful business is keeping your expenses to a minimum. Um, then it's not so much of an issue. But really, I would say for any business to do this, it, you got to pay attention to what you're doing. You are allowed to turn down clients. When you operate on a gift-based economy, it doesn't mean you have to take everybody. And the key is just, as with anything, communication. If you explain your cost up front and you're transparent, so on your website you explain your exact cost, this is what it costs me, uh, and you have open communication about that, I think that is much less likely um, to be the case. So to me, transparency and open communications are communication are, are key. I agree. Good points. Well, so you're off heading north next after you do your television show. I bet you'll be glad to get out of this heat. We don't even like to go outside at all in this time of year, and you're cycling across the south. I know. It's so funny to see people using the air conditioning and everything, and it just makes me realize that you quickly get accustomed to your surroundings. I personally am having very little trouble with the heat. The heat is one of the last of my issues right now. Sure, it's hot, but when you deal with the heat every day, you get pretty dang used to it pretty quickly. Right. Um, and when you're in the air conditioning every day, you get used to that pretty quickly. Yes. But I found that uh, if you choose to, uh, to to make some changes, you can adapt to your surroundings pretty quickly. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out of the extreme heat, but... Um, I'll say it's a lot better than extreme cold. Yeah. (laughs) You're a great teacher for us. You really give us a lot to think about. I think most every one of us that's listening. Um, I want to ask you if there's, I know you represent a lot of causes, really anything that's good for us, good for the planet sustainably. What do you think the next issue that you see we really need to bring to the forefront? You've been doing this, the gardening and the water conservation. Is there something else that is starting to increase in your awareness that you want to bring attention to? 
Well, you know, honestly, I think that almost everything we do has its pros and its cons. It has the the problems associated with it and the things that the goodness that it creates. And in our society today, I focus basically on the things that each human needs every single day. That's food, water, energy, transportation, and waste. Those are the things we deal with every single day. And so to me, it really comes down to um, a general consciousness and understanding of our surroundings. And I don't think any one issue is more important than others. I think that what's beautiful is that there's so many different nonprofits, so many different documentaries, groups, organizations, activists, working on all these different things. And we couldn't have success without people that are specializing in these certain things to bring attention to them. And then also with people that are working on more general, general consciousness uh, as well. And to give you an example, I know a lot of people who were touched by the movie Food, Inc. That really made them realize, wow, uh, the industrial agriculture system is really messed up and I don't want to be, I can't be a part of that. And so for me, that was an example of someone who focuses on one exact topic and makes a huge impact through something like that. And so we need people like that. But I think that in order for us to have a truly a, a society that's full of health and happiness, we need to be able to focus more. We need to be able to focus on the, the overall picture. And so to me, it's not one exact thing. It comes down to everything, and it comes down to all the beautiful people out there doing all the beautiful things. Living in harmony with each other and our planet. Yeah, that sounds nice. That's a sweet vision. I'm going to hold on to that one, too. I'll share that one with you, and we'll we'll make that radiate outward. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, do you have any parting thoughts that you want to share that we haven't talked about today? Uh, not, no, nothing really. Just uh, my advice would be go out there and do something nice for somebody today. I love it. Well, thank you for doing something nice and sharing your journey with us today. I appreciate it, and I wish you a very joyful and successful and hopefully low wind, low rain <laughs> type experience yeah, that here. Nice. <laughs> All right, Rob, we'll take care so much, and, and thank you for being with us. All right. Pleasure speaking to you. Goodbye, everybody. Do you have a moving story about your own journey and natural healing path you'd like to share? Drop us a note. Info at journeyofpossibilities.com. Until next time, this is Cheryl Sitz reminding you to use your passions and make a bigger difference. Let's co-create holistic sustainability for ourselves and for our planet. Namaste. Namaste.